church said, amen. Amen. I love that video for so many reasons. One, it makes me think I can dance, but I can't. Uh, two, it reminds me of all the different things that people have seen God move in. And for some of those, uh, I, I can relate to, some I can't at all. Uh, but I'm so excited that that is a way in which God has moved. It also reminds me that I'm not the only one that has a little bit of a challenge with penmanship. Uh, so for those of, who, those of you who participated in uh, submitting those photographs, thank you so much. Um, I'm Jim Hinkle. I'm so glad to be uh, preaching this morning um, while Josh is out and excited to wrap up this year and look forward to what God has in store uh, coming up soon. If you're here in person, thank you for choosing to get up and be here. And if you're online with us this morning, uh, wherever you are, we're re really thankful that you've chosen to be a part of our service this morning. So <clears throat> I've been thinking about 2020, and one refrain that I want to come back to a few times uh, this morning is just simply this, that God has moved, God is moving, and God will move again. And if you don't remember anything else this morning, just hang in with those three things. God has moved, God is moving, and God will move again. Uh, there are going to be a few things that I'm going to say today, but that's, that's it. That's the message. That's the hope. And I think that's uh, what the, the power that the gospel brings in uh, to this season of life that we're all living through. I've been thinking about 2020 with the end of the year. Uh, we've all been thinking about the end of 2020. And I started to wonder if 2020 could be represented by pictures or images. What might some of those things be? Uh, so none of these are original to myself, but um, some of you know these. But if 2020 uh, were a pinata, maybe, uh, this might be the 2020 pinata. Uh, that's not candy coming out after you whack it with a uh, bat. If uh, 2020 were a scented candle, this is one of my favorites, maybe this is the, the aroma of 2020. Just take a deep breath, breathe it in. That's 2020 right there. Maybe 2020 was a piece of playground equipment or specifically a slide. This might be the 2020 slide right here. Isn't it great? Thank you, thank you. Uh, if 2020 were, were a house, maybe this could be 2020 summed up as a house right here. Uh, if 2020 were a flavor of ice cream, Ben and Jerry surely would not disappoint. They could produce the flavor of 2020, a little toothpaste and orange juice. Mmm, mmm. That's, that's, a, that's a taste of 2020. If 2020 had a spokesperson, I think this guy, I, I would nominate Mayhem for being the official spokesperson of 2020. And then my last three, if you've seen these shows or watched these movies, you get it. If you haven't, I apologize. But if 2020 were a shirt, this is it. Is it not? Yes. Children of the 80s, the Theo Huxtable shirt. Yes. Long story how it got there, but enough said. That's it. Uh, if 2020 were a bonus check from work, it would have to be this, would it not? This is the 2020 bonus check. Membership in the Jelly of the Month Club, that's the gift that keeps on giving all year long, Clark. If you've never seen Christmas Vacation, 
I don't know if I should, I don't know if you should or not, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an addiction the Hinkle family has. And finally, if 2020 were a pie, if you've ever seen the, money, the, the movie The Help, uh, Minnie's special chocolate pie, this kind of sums up 2020 in a pie, right? Mm, looks good, smells good, don't, just don't take a bite. Nope, you're not sure what went into it. So 2020 has given us lots of reasons to, to laugh, and hopefully at the end of this year we, we need some laughs, but it's also obviously given us lots of reasons to not laugh. Uh, there, have a lot, there have been a lot of moments when uh, the last thing on our minds was laughter or humor. Um, and maybe at the end of this year, what we need is a good laugh and we need a good cry. And I'm thankful that we serve a God that can hold both of those things together, even in the same moment, <laughs> that you can still, you can be filled with laughter and joy and also understand heartache and pain without being dismissive or minimizing the heartache and the heartbreak that has been there. And for 2020, it's full of it. And I can go through the list, right? And I can mention all the things that have all brought anxiety or fear to all of us in some way or wave or waves that we're still dealing with, we're still processing through. But I think serving a God and believing He's on the move and knowing that our God has moved, is moving, and will move again, it, it helps us move through the pain of of moments that do bring pain and heartache. I think about just some of the stuff that's been kind of big for me. Uh, a lot of you know, I know we have some, some new folks uh, watching and, and participating here in person in this last year, but I was a youth minister for a long time. And one day I was a youth minister, and the next day like that, I wasn't. <laughs> and I knew that wasn't going to be, I knew I wasn't going to be, but it was this planned out transition. And so instead of uh, going on a mission trip to Panama or hiking with our juniors and seniors in Colorado for a kind of rite of passage, discipleship trip. I'm in here with Chauncey Parson in the middle of summer with a measuring tape and masking tape, measuring out six feet, six feet. It's not, not really what I had planned and something that I, I lament. I think about the people primarily stories that I've heard from members of our church and others who lost loved ones, especially those who were in nursing homes or had spouses in nursing homes, and there was no ability to be physically present with them. Um, I'm brokenhearted uh, thinking through those moments when pain hit and togetherness wasn't able to happen. I think through being in this room uh, with Kip and Josh and uh, a small praise team and somebody running video back in March when we, were, uh, we, we couldn't have in-person service or we weren't having in-person service, and just weeping through songs, just, I'm not a crier, uh, but man, lots of weeping in March and April, experiencing the, the joy that a, a, a hymn or a song can bring while also at the exact same time experiencing the pain and the loneliness from a room that's supposed to be filled with people that was not. I think about all the young people that I've seen personally who were so goal-oriented and had so much initiative and ambition and just one by one 
things that they were striving for just kept getting stripped away from them. And it's happened in my own household, having a a daughter graduate from college in 2020, having a daughter and a bonus son graduate from high school. Those are momentous, milestone, rite of passage moments. And so much of it just didn't happen. It was like, it's there, and then it just kind of dissipated. I think of moments on a daily grind work kind of basis for me personally where I knew I needed to do some stuff and I just hit a wall and I just I I couldn't I couldn't keep doing something and I couldn't explain why I just know that I hit a wall and I know that happens in regular life sometimes but not these kinds of walls not regularly it's been a new experience for me I think about the sadness of losing my first youth ministry mentor to COVID in April. He was one of the, he was the first person I knew personally um, that succumbed to uh, the virus and didn't make it through. His name was Mike Myers, and he was the first youth minister I ever met, and he uh, was in Littleton, Colorado, and passed away. That was so heartbreaking. I think about um, watching the murder of George Floyd and hearing about Amard Arbery, and just trying to imagine um, if, if what I just saw is a reality and then realizing that that's a reality that a lot of people in our country have been dealing with in a way that I have not had to deal with for a long time. And, and just the, the last kind of lament of 2020 for me is the heartache that I feel like I've suffered watching some people, some followers of Jesus just respond to each other with hate and venom, um, choosing not to listen, choosing to choose hate over love. It's just been a really difficult year. And so we can laugh about ice cream flavors and scented candles of 2020, but I don't mean to be dismissive or minimizing of any of the pain that's around there are three things that have kind of held true for me in 2020, and I, I think they hopefully hold true for you because all those things I just mentioned, those are sad things. Uh, but there's three things I think that have helped me define 2020 in a little different way because those are part of the story, but they are not the only story or the whole story. And so for me in 2020, Someone loved me every single day of 2020. Someone loved me every day of 2020. And I I think I can point my finger at some humans who loved me, and that's fantastic. But I know without a doubt that I was loved by my Creator, by my Heavenly Father, every single day. I know that um, I woke up every day. I didn't want to every day, but I woke up, and I believe the act of waking is, a, is a, a holy moment. It's a sacred experience where God says there is purpose in your life and in your world today. I want you to walk through it. And so I woke up every day in 2020, which means God had a plan and God had a purpose for me on that day, Ephesians 2.10, that we're all, we're, those of us uh, that are in Christ Jesus are God's workmanship created in him to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. So I got to wake up and go on the adventure, hunting down that purpose each and every day 
And that's something none of the laments of 2020 could take away. And finally, every day I've stood forgiven before the Lord, full, knowing full well that I am a sinner and I continue to struggle with sin. And yet, that's not how God sees me. God sees me as the righteousness of Christ and I'm covered with the blood of the Lamb. And so being loved and having a purpose and being forgiven, those things are empowering to live a life that can still hold on to hope even when the world's on fire. And I think I'm not the first and I won't be the last to believe that those three things can anchor a faith because people of faith have kind of stayed grounded in those for years. And they've been able to to live out life holding both laughter and tears kind of in in the same moment, in the same life, in the same season. And nobody knew that better than the Israelites, right? The Israelites... The, the, the people of God in the Old Testament, and they, they are promised that they will overcome. They are the people of God, and there's promised land waiting for them, but it takes a lot of years between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. And along the way, there's 430 years of slavery in Egypt. Through the hand of God, judgment is shown on Israel through plagues. The Israelites are free And then they go and they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And so there's this great jubilation, but there's also pain and heartache and loss. And and, and they lost generations of people in slavery. And then they lose one full generation of while they wander in the wilderness. And and that's kind of the context, I think, that the book of Joshua, which is where I want to spend just a minute this morning, I think that's, that's where Joshua comes in. Joshua is the leader who succeeds Moses. He is on the brink of bringing them into the promised land, but there's this major obstacle on their way. It's the Jordan River. So they're not in the promised land. Here's the Jordan River. They want to get to the promised land. So how do you get from here to there when there's a body of water in your way? Well, if you're Moses or if you're Joshua... Uh, God kind of handles that for you. And so we see in Joshua 3, the Israelites are getting ready to cross over on dry land. And I want to read a few verses from Joshua chapter 4. While Joshua is carrying out the instructions, and he's getting ready to part the Jordan River, just like he had parted the Red Sea for the Israelites. So Joshua 4, verses 4 through 9 says this, So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did just as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. 
So Joshua knew that the Israelites needed reminder rocks, or they needed some memorial stones. I don't have 12 of them, and they didn't come from the Jordan River. They came from Lowe's here in Memphis. But we need some memorial stones too, right? And we need reminder rocks, because if we don't, we get sucked into this narrative where it's all fear and doom and gloom. And while there are things that may be doomish and gloomish, and we need to be fearful of, that's, we need to have the right perspective. And what God does through Joshua by having these stones set up is he, he has them, he says, this is the reminder. When your children ask what happened, you got to tell them the good stuff because you guys have a terrible habit of only remembering the bad stuff, you humans. <laughs> And we fall in line with that, don't we? Bad news travels so much more easily and quickly and viciously than good news. And it's so much easier to come out with the negative things that are going on. And if we were to make a list of 2020 blessings or, or things, accomplishments, things we're excited about versus negative, the negative would just pile up, especially for people who don't live with hope, especially for people who don't have stones, who don't have reminder rocks, who don't have anchor points to remind them that the whole story isn't just the heartache and the pain, but the promises of God are there and His faithfulness and His presence. So sometimes to remember that God has moved, that God is moving and God will move again, we just, we need some reminders. We need some people to set up some rocks or to write some things, some phrases on rocks and take photos of them and then run them through to remind a whole church family that God has been good and he'll continue to be good. And sometimes we just need people to come and share a little bit of their stories. So I've asked Anna Moser and Logan Thompson to come. Uh, they've, they've got a stone up here for them. I've asked them to come and tell the, the church about their memorial stones. When Jim asked me to do this, I was a little bit nervous about sharing and not crying. And then I saw the pictures of the rocks and I was worried about being able to pick those up in front of all of you and getting done with that in first service. I'm feeling a little bit better about this time around. Um, every time my family has added a new person, a new in-law, we've adopted a few of their Christmas traditions. So this year, we welcomed my sister-in-law, and we decided to welcome the tra tradition of having a puzzle going on behind the scenes of our Christmas festivities. So my sister bought a three-pack of Thomas Kincaid puzzles from Walmart, and we opened one of the bags, and we started putting it together. It took us a little while to realize that it did not match any of the pictures on the box, and none of us are really puzzle people, so it was very challenging to do a puzzle completely blind. And honestly, if it had just been me doing the puzzle, I probably would have given up. But we powered through and we laughed through it together and we finished it on Christmas Eve. And that's pretty much what sums up how this year has felt for me and my family. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer back in the spring at the very beginning of the pandemic. Right as everything was shutting down, we were trying to make decisions about her treatment plan, and it was a roller coaster of continuous bad news. 
Um, but I'm thankful that I was able to go and work remotely in Austin and be with my family through those decisions and seeing my mom begin her radiation treatment. And I was just blown away by my mom's faithfulness to God throughout that and by this community of support that I have and my whole family has. Linda Oxford joined our staff meeting several months ago and talked about the importance of being too connected to fail. And that phrase has stuck with me all year because living by myself, um, I've realized the importance of connection, that we're just wired to be connected, not just to God, but to other people. And in a year where connection is really difficult with masks and physical distancing and Zoom, um, I've just really thrived with having that connection to God and with this church family and the staff and children's ministry families and especially my small group. We've continued to meet every week um, six feet apart in the church parking lot or on Zoom and we've walked through job losses and family illnesses and all the ups and downs of this year together and it's just made me really thankful that God provides the connection in the community that we need in the midst of those storms, um, if we're willing to, to be a part of that. It just God kept reminding me that I wasn't alone, even when I felt alone and the puzzle looked way too challenging and I wanted to give up, um, God surrounded me with the people I needed to get through each day. So what I wrote on my stone is that my mom is now cancer-free. Um, she had a major surgery back in November, and thankfully I was able to go to Austin again and stay with her in the hospital. Um, and she is now officially cancer-free, and it's been a roller coaster, but we're so thankful for God's faithfulness in that. And I know that healing doesn't always go the way that we pray for, but I do know that God is with us in the storms and will provide the community and the people we need to get through them. Thank you. What a year 2020 has been, and I know that none of our lives has gone untouched by the disease, um, the disappointment, the distance, and the death that it has caused, uh, myself and my family included. But as I place this stone here, two words come to mind, uh, God's providence and God's promises. God's providence is how God has moved despite what I expected. Uh, when we moved here in March, we had certain things planned, and the transition looked very different than what we planned. But 2020 will always be the year that we became a part of the Sycamore View Church family. And we're so grateful to all of you who have reached out with messages, gifts, invitations, meals. All of those have meant so much to us, and we truly feel like a part of this family. Uh, even though we didn't get to go on those discipleship experiences and other activities that Jim mentioned with the youth group, uh, earlier this year, I've still been able to build relationships with students in the youth group. Uh, and their hopeful attitudes, their servant hearts, have really been an encouragement to me and to Fawn uh, in this difficult season of ministry. I also think that in part because of some of the limitations that we've had this year, I've been able to spend more time with the ministry staff, getting to know them and learn from them, and I'll be grateful to have that foundation moving forward. In 2020, God has moved despite what 
I had expected. And because of that, I'm able to trust fully in God's promises, in the ways that God will move in the future beyond anything that I can imagine. Now, already in 2021, I'm making plans and have expectations. Uh, my wife and I are moving into a house in a few weeks. We've got a baby on the way, and we're so excited about those things. And with all of you, we are hoping and praying that the pandemic comes to an end, that uh, we'll be able to do in-person activities and go on discipleship experiences with the youth group, and that God will have no limits when it comes to building on the foundation uh, for life and ministry that he has built this year. But if 2020 is any, indi any indication, uh, I know that we serve a God who has no limits, and that no matter what I hope or plan for 2021, uh, God is going to move well beyond that. Because of God's providence, we can all have faith in God's promises. Thanks, Logan. <clears throat> Thank you, Anna. Uh, in just a minute, we'll take communion. And after communion, if you want to talk to somebody, one of our shepherds will be right outside the worship center in room 100, and you can connect with one of our shepherds there. If you're online, uh, you can fill out a connect card on our website, and uh, we'll try to get back with you and love to connect with you. All of us need reminder rocks. All of us need reminders that what the world is saying is reality is not the whole story. So what would your rock be this year? What would your rock be that says the reality is that God was faithful and this is how? And, and I, I just, sometimes I need to hear other people's stories because it adjusts my eyesight because I can get, and I found myself deep into ruts where I'm deep into the social media rut or I'm deep into the news rut or I'm deep into the CDC <laughs> rut, and I get into one of these rabbit holes, and I just keep going, and I just keep going, and I'm like, ah, nobody knows anything. <laughs> There's nothing to be hopeful about. There's no, any, any hope, uh, any proclamation or declaration of hope is immediately uh, rebuttaled by somebody else. So where is hope found? It's obviously it's found in God's faithfulness and God's love for us. And that, that's all. That's why our hope is built on nothing less, right? Than Jesus Christ and his faithfulness. And so as we move from 2020 into 2021, we have reason to be hopeful. And, and vaccines, I'm hopeful about that. That's great. But that's not where my hope lies. My hope lies in the belief that God has moved, that God is moving, and that God will move again. And, and I think, yes, we're supposed to be distinguished as people who are known by our love, but I, I think in this season, the way we love is by being hopeful, and not some kind of uh, false, fictitious fantasy that just hang in there, everything's going to be all right, because everything's not all right right now. And everything's not going to be all right in 2021, but God's going to be right with us. And, and that's the level of rightness that we need to stay hopeful. I mean, the ultimate reminder rock is the, the rock that was rolled away, right? The, the empty tomb. And there was a rock there one day, 
and then the next day there wasn't a rock there. And that reminder rock rolled away and said, Satan couldn't win, death couldn't contain him, hell couldn't hold on to him. And so those of us that bow the knee to Jesus, we have resurrection hope. No matter what's facing us right now, the resurrection says, God's bigger. God will not leave you through. And each Sunday we come together and we celebrate around the Lord's table the reminder of what Jesus did, what he accomplished, and that the, roll, the, the stone was rolled away. The reminder rock is no longer there because we have terrible memories. <laughs> and we need to be reminded every week, probably every day, of what God did through Christ. And so this morning as we take the bread and we take the cup, we remember the rest of the story. We remember the whole story. Will you bow with me, please? God, this morning as we break the bread and drink the cup, we are reminded that this is a place of hope, that this is a table that always has room for more. It's a table where no matter how we feel about reality or the world, how we voted, what we believe about um, each other, that your grace still welcomes us to your table. It's not ours, it's yours. So thank you for the love, the forgiveness, the power that is here as we remember the body and remember the blood that was spilled and broken for us. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.